welcome to the Guitar Omni Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your master class in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. Because of the radio show, um, I was interviewing David Russell way back in 2000 or 2001 because he put out this Barrio CD in 1995 that had unpublished Barrios pieces. And so I was asking, and that's right up my alley. So I asked him all about, you know, tell me about these. How, how did you get these pieces, right? Yeah, how did you get those? And he told me these stories about being in El Salvador where he died and some pieces turned up. You know, some people had kind of hoarded these pieces of music. And, and he said, he said uh, most of the pieces we have, you know, he said there's a few pieces that haven't turned up. There's this piece called Bicho Feo, which means ugly bug. And I was like, Ugly bug. That sounds badass. (laughs) Like, tell me about that. And it's like, and so anyway, this is like you know, early days of the internet. I get on this classical guitar news group, and I said, "Hey, has anybody heard of this Bicho Feo piece?" And uh, on rec dot music, rec dot classical dot music dot guitar. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, um, that brings it back. Yeah. so this guy writes back, in, uh, who's now since pe- passed away, um, and he says, yeah, I've heard of it, and I've got a copy a copy of the score. And I was like, what? Oh, my He's God. like, holy crap. So I said, come come be on the show, and, and you know, let's talk about the piece. And he's like, kind of not so fast. So um, <laughs> not so fast, Sonny. So I, I, he was a guy in San Antonio. Um, who's passed away named, named William David Jennings. He passed away in 2017. And uh, he would make these appointments. I, we, I talked to him on the phone. He's very mysterious. And he, you know, we'd make these appointments to meet, and then he would always cancel. Huh. And I said, well, you're in San Antonio. Let's meet somewhere. And he says, no, let's meet in... Corpus Christi at this at this restaurant on Friday at eight o'clock, and I want you to bring me. Sounds a like case. espionage. Yeah, it's like he he says I want you to bring me a case of this liqueur that's only made. I'm not making this up. <laughs> only made on Whidbey Island. Do you know where that is? Off the coast oh of uh, Washington State. Oh my gosh! It's some berry that they make this liqueur on Whidbey Island off of Washington State. Wow! See, this is exactly the kind of thing that I want in my podcast right now. You are, and I, this is worth and, I, and this is how crazy I am. It says, okay, you're a stranger on the internet, and you're giving me every reason for my red flags to go off, and you're proposing something outlandish, and for me to meet you, a stranger, far away from home, I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Sense of adventure, man. Come on. (laughs) What could go wrong? And it's like, I'm down. I'm there. Did did you have to go to Whippy Island to get the liqueur? No, I was going to buy it, and then he canceled. And I was like, oh. Oh. (laughs) So 
So anyway, how, how how was it that this guy ended up with this this piece? Like, what well, was he's his very mysterious. There? He said he said he got it from somebody. He said he used to travel around South America in everything, and he's traveled a bunch, and he's an avid, you know, semi pro, high level, according wow. to him. Oh, oh my god. Um, so anyway, but and. Like so this like drags on. This drags on for years and years, and I still haven't met him. But he he insists he's got this music, and I'm like, and this is this is before in the, the term internet troll had been coined. Sure, sure, you he know. was the original. <laughs> yeah. So, and but the thing is too, um, he had some oddly specific. Uh, bits of information about Barrios. It's like this guy's either very creative, or there's something to this. And I was I was getting my spidey sense. I have a pretty good into intuition. Uh, I think it has to do with my luck, talent. I seem to have. They're they're all they're all connected. I'm he's, sure. Yeah, he's my bullshit connector is on overload, but at the same time. My spidey sense of there's something here is also yeah. interesting. So this keeps going on, and then and then our conversations. He's getting kind of more and more belligerent, um, and it kind of culminates. And oh, and this is another thing: is I played some concerts in San Antonio at this art museum, at the McNay Art Museum. And uh, so I played it. It was fine, whatever. And then a couple of days later, he goes, I saw your concert at the McNang Museum. Of course, he didn't oh, come up and introduce himself. Of course not. Right, right. But he, he, he was said, the one sitting in the back with the sunglasses and the fedora. Yeah, 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 yeah with the mirror and the trench coat. Yeah, yeah. So he said, you play this and this and this. Yeah, he says, yeah, you, you buzz that notes. Is, in, that's creepy. That, that just crossed the creepy like, line. Yeah. So as I go, and then a friend of mine uh, who lives in San Antonio said, well, actually, I had a similar experience. Um, he said, I had a guy call me up and he asked for guitar lessons, you know, 20 years ago. And I said, sure, I can give you guitar lessons. And he would always cancel. And he would talk to him on the phone. And he said, you know, I, I lived in I Washington. I need this liqueur from Whitby Island. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the liqueur talking. So he he said um, he would get on the phone. Uh, you know, my my good friend Terry Muska, you know, told me this. He, he, he would get on the phone and he would say, I used to have... Uh, you know, lessons with this really great guitarist in D.C. named William David Jennings. If I could only get a guitar teacher half as good as William David Jennings, I'd be happy. And uh, oh Terry my said, goodness! Yeah, and Terry said, "Well, you know, I don't know, I don't know your friend, but you know, yeah, I'll be happy to teach you." And then he would cancel, and then he would, he would just kind of, he would call again, and he would just want to keep him on the phone and talk about how great this guitarist his old teacher, William David Jennings, was. And then it turned out he was William David. He was William David, right, sure. And it was a similar thing of he would play oh a gig. My, uh, my friend Terry would play a gig. He had a regular 
restaurant gig at this kind of really upscale restaurant. And then William David Jennings would call him up and say, I saw your gig at the restaurant. You played this and this and this. And he wouldn't under, and he wouldn't introduce himself. Wow. Very that creepy. Is, that is all sorts of creepy. Yeah, very creepy. So anyway, so so finally, you know, and you know, I just I just told Jennings, I said, you know, enough. Oh, and then also it gets creepier. He goes, Oh, by the way, I've got some I got some really cute photos of you watering your lawn. No, no, no. Yeah. No. No. And the thing is, at that time I had been watering my lawn. <laughs> wow. I had a I had a totally dead yard at that time and I was spending a lot of time. Oh my god. Well the the thing is everybody everybody I know that works in broadcasting has a stalker story. Okay. And Play Misty thought, for well, me. Well, I thought, well, it's my it's my turn. You know, it's my turn. <laughs> you you so, made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that that's not as bad. You know, actually, this is the worst stalker story that I know of. That of, of people I've known. A real and uh, and this was told to me. It's a friend of a friend, so I can't. I don't know the guy's name. But a good friend of mine who's a real successful rock guitarist in town, I used to teach at his studio, a guy named Dave Seabury. Uh, a buddy of his was a real prominent uh, rock guitar session guitarist in L.A., you know, played in clubs in the 80s, you know, all that stuff. And this guy, he had this girl who's a stalker um, who would, like, show up at her house and all this stuff and broke into his house like he oh, like, came home he like you know picked up some girl at a bar and took her home oh, and, and here's his stalker girl like broke into his house and is in his bed and he walks in and is like this stranger wow <laughs> get out get out and then she freaks out because you know she's jealous and everything she runs across the road and gets hit by a car and gets killed in front of the house that's the wow. worst stalker story. That, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty terrible stalker story. And my friend Dave, I won't, I won't, Dave, Dave told me one I, out of respect for him because he's you know still in the living. <laughs> I don't know if he wants. He has a he has an awful one, and if he wants to tell it, I'll let him because he, <laughs> he has a bad one. He's a really bad one too. Um, he's a real prominent rock guitarist here, so he has one from twenty years ago. He could. He can tell it if he wants. I'm not going to. Tell <laughs> it. But, uh, so, so how what? How did this transpire? Okay, with so the here, Mario's thing. I, I'm sorry. This this. No, it's this, all good. This, this is this is perfect. Anyway, this is so, I could not have asked for a better experience. Well, this is great. I'm, I'm trying to make it concise, you know, because it, it does stretch out, you know, over you know over a decade. So finally, you know, it's like he's like getting more belligerent and then he's starting to say creepy things like i have photos of you wearing <laughs> cute <lawn>. photos of <laughs> you yeah. um and and then finally i'm just like you know you're just a troll you're 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 a you're a carrot dangler you know you know like you know trying yeah. to get me to you know, like you don't have anything and then he's like you know gets all mad and, and indignant and then he posts on the internet like all of our emails, you know, private emails, 
try to, to try to embarrass me. So fortunately, I didn't say anything in those emails that was <laughs> that, you know, sure embarrassing other than it's just me pleading come on man you got to do right. it for the guitar <laughs> you know i want to record this piece i want to put it on my cd give me piece, give come, me be on the, come be on the show and we'll broadcast it it'll make you know guitar news and it'll be a great thing for the guitar and you'll be the hero and all this to try to embarrass me you know put you know come release beach fail and all this stuff and so in the tiny world of the guitar you may have heard part of this story or anything i don't know but so the whole story of Beach Ofeo and William David Jennings and me kind of in the early days of the internet guitar classical guitar news group kind of went all around the globe. Like when I would go play a concert somewhere, you know, I'd see a colleague and you know, after everybody's gone, they'd go, Hey, how about the Beach Ofeo? So tell me about this. Tell me about this Beach Ofea thing and you and Jennings. It's like, you know, it's like, oh man, I've had so, I've had so many people, you know, that I had no idea, you know, and it's like it's like, oh Lord, here we go again. Amazing. So anyway, fast forward uh, to 2009. Yeah, 2009. I get an email. Um, uh, it, if I'm remembering it right, I, w I don't have that email anymore. I wish I did because it was at the radio station and I've switched, you know, and at one point the radio station lost everybody's emails. Oh, which, nice. But, but <laughs> I think the, the subject line was, I'm going to make your day. <laughs> and, it's, and, it's got an, and it's got an MP3 attachment. And it's an email from Freddie Shepard, God bless him, Barrio Scholar par excellence. Yeah. It's Barrios himself playing Bicho Feo. He oh, discovered, he God. and Richard Stover both working independently within about a month of each other, they both found copies because we knew that Barrios had made recordings of this piece in 1913. Okay. And he played it on a, on a bunch of concerts as like the last piece in a concert or as an encore because it's, subtitled you know tango humoristico you know funny right. tango sure sure you know and it always brought the house down you know because it's oh, funny oh my gosh and so uh you know so we we know that it was one of his favorites but right. we had no idea what it sounded like because there's no manuscript and no recording turned up but then freddie shepherd and rico stover both and guess where they found it i have not any idea eBay. You're kidding. Here's the deal. Um, wow. Yeah. Did, did, did the people who were selling it on eBay have any idea what they had? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, what it was, it was the eBay store of an antique record store in Buenos Aires. Perfect. They specialize in like old sheet music, old recordings. So what had happened, you know, oh, it's like when gosh. grandpa, grandma, dies sure you know all, all the their records. stuff yeah. you know their estate you know it's like what are we going to do with all these 78 records i don't have a 78 record player right well it's like let's take it let's sell everything so they had several you know evidently several pressings or several other people so these things have been resurfacing over time as people die and these unbelievable these so um and i think with i don't know if uh 
Rico Stover was doing this, but Freddie Shepard's a really smart guy. And I think he did it with like a, you know, you can, you can automate Google search robots. Right. To where it's like 24 seven. It's like Barrios, 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 Augustine Barrios, Mungo. <laughs> anything that, yeah, anything, anything that pops about up, that. right. And yeah. then like, shoot, it gives you what's new and it gives you a report. You end of the day, okay, there's like 15 new CDs of Barrios that reissues. Like, okay, okay. Yeah. Smart guy. So, and then it's like eBay, eBay listing, Bicho Feo, Zoop. <laughs> Bingo. Unreal. Unreal. Well, God bless him. God bless Freddie wow. Shepard. He and I argue and everything. <laughs> and fight because you know all us. Well, he's a Mongoriano. I'm. I'm. He's like a first level Barrio scholar. I'm like a third or fourth or fifth level. But he's he's a top level. He's one of the. He's the top or one of the top Barrio yeah. scholars in the world right now. Absolutely. Carlos Salcedo Centurion and uh -huh. Ogalis uh -huh. Lapel and. Uh, Carlos Paez and yeah, it's and it seems like, it seems like in recent years that you know there's been a lot more information yeah. coming forth. You know, crazy that, stuff. Yeah, and, crazy and stuff. Just wow, you know. It gets yeah, like in just recent years, we know that he flew on an airplane. Right. How crazy is that? That's <laughs> I love that. In, in his lifetime, he right. went from horses to flying in an okay. airplane. Right. That's right, miraculous. That right. is, it really is. That's miraculous. And so, so you you wrote the. When did you write the screenplay? Uh, so what happened was, when Bicho Feo came out, um, or when when Freddie sent me that that copy, he said, "Hey, um, uh, shoot, what's the record company does the old record play uh, pressings?" Oh shoot, I can't remember. But they did they put out all the original Barrios recordings. So oh, musical heritage. Musical heritage? No. Um hang on, this is important. I gotta get this right. And I know exactly where it is. Hold on. I'll get it. <laughs> I, gotta, I, I, I I can I can visualize the the recording cover. I've seen it, but I can't think I of Hold on, hold on, I got it. I got it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <here> there it is right yes, there. Yes, 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 yes. Well, it's a mirror image, but Augustine Barrios historical recordings, uh, Chanterelle. Ch okay, yeah. So yeah. thank God for folks at Chanterelle. Right. And they're, they were going to put out a new edition. And so there were, there were like two pressings two versions of Bichofeo that had been okay. found. And so I got copies of both of them. Amazing. I got Richard Stover's copy and I got Freddie Shepard's copy. Yeah. And so between the two, you know, I slowed them down, you know, with this transcribe software and I listened to that thing like 10,000 times and, <laughs> and I transcribed it, you know, and, you know, typeset it in finale and then saved it as a PDF. Um, since then, other people have, come out with theirs you know and right. some people have recorded so but it's like i i got a head start and so i published it on the internet and then i went to that news group and i said hey everybody uh, has been discovered you know freddie shepherd and rico stover 
and I've typeset it. Here it is. Take it. It's free. It's not my music. Take it, world. And then Jennings goes crazy. I, if you were going to make a movie about that, you would have like overhead circling shot and him going no <laughs> you know? oh so, my gosh but because of that that kind of you know made a big splash in the guitar world and in paraguay it made a big splash yeah Garis is from and so um uh carlos salcedo at the barrios wing of the cabildo museum in paraguay yeah. who's an american he worked with the U.S. Embassy to bring me in to do like a little. Oh my resume. gosh! So I toured. I toured the country, me and 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 uh, why well, I'm not going to say my ex-wife's name because she doesn't deserve it. But, <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, toured the country for 12 days, played all over. Amazing. And, and because of that, while I was there, one of the places we stay stayed at was this beautiful, but really kind of creepy old hotel that Barrios had stayed at. Um, called uh, Hotel Del Lago, which okay. is now owned in part by a U.S. film production company because oh the owners gosh. had adopted a couple of Paraguayan orphans and they, they bought that kind of as a... <laughs> oh, my God. So, so, I posted, <laughs> so I posted about this, you know, this whole trip and I tagged the hotel in it. And then one of the owners said, hey, thanks for what you said, nice things you said about our hotel said, you know, you're really into Mongeray. You should write a screenplay about him. And I said, no, thanks. Well, thank you. But no thanks. <laughs> I said, no, thanks. I don't need another unfunded project that I've got to raise money for. And, then she wrote, and it was Annie, Annie Weir, Annie Crawford Weir. Okay. And uh, was, her, was her name. And she said, no, really, you shouldn't. I said, no, really, I shouldn't. But thanks. She goes, no, really, you should, because I'll help you. I was like, Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. whole unfunded yes. part that we've got that taken. Well, she says she <laughs> says uh, we work. You know, I'm one of the part owners of Space Cam um, in Hollywood. We do oh aerial, my God! Aerial photography for major motion pictures. You know, if they like, um, I think they worked on all but the first Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Right. Whenever yeah. there's an overhead shot, you know, that's of them ships. Also, the Hobbit movies, you know, yeah. a lot of these battle scenes where there's a helicopter sure. shot. Now that stuff's done with drones, you know. Right. But some of it's still doing with, with helicopters, but that's what they did. Oh, what um, a fun job that would be. Yeah, well, it's dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. Well, they, they, were, they were number one uh, because they had the fewest fatalities. Oh, my gosh. But it's dangerous business. There's a guy in Alaska... Uh, one of them I heard, you know, that some director for some car commercial get lower, get lower. So, and they did, and then they like crashed. Oof. But that wasn't that wasn't Space Cam. That was another company. <laughs> but um, so anyway, so so Annie, I don't know why, but she just took me under her wing and decided she wanted to be my friend. And she goes, "Look, just write it. It's going to get made. Just write it." Just write it. So Amazing. Said, she goes, a friend of mine is a is a successful screenwriter. She'll be your editor. I've already asked her if she'll read your stuff. And she said, yeah, her husband is, her ex-husband is like a super successful screenwriter. Uh, 
uh, uh, Phil, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steven D'Souza. He did uh, uh, Die Hard 1, 2, oh my 3. Gosh. And <laughs> that's her ex-husband. And Running Man. And oh, my God. Happened. And then she did, like, some movies on her own. And and anyway, so she was, like, my, my editor, my, my reader. And it was great because... She's, you know, she reminds me, she actually reminds me of Adam Holzman, you know, kind of a tough talking person from New Jersey. It's like, like she goes, all right, page 47. Is this supposed to be funny? <laughs> like, I thought it was. It's like, get rid of it. And I said, gone. 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 It's like, oh, that's funny. I mean, when you're, you know, it's the thing about writing, you know, it's like, you got to. You know, you you have to believe in yourself, but you have to have people read your stuff and tell oh, yeah. you. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Yeah, get out of and your head! Yeah. I actually through Facebook, I I had a really great eighth grade English teacher named uh, Cynthia Kadish, and I found her on Facebook, and I oh, said, "Oh my gosh!" I said, "Would you please read my script?" And she goes, "Sure, I would be happy to." And I sent it off to her, and she sent it back all marked up in red. I said, this is great. I got another F. <laughs> another F. Clearly not applying myself. No, she actually picked me uh, out of all of her students to go to some uh, creative writing work workshop wow. back in the eighth grade. Oh, my God. And so, uh, so she so really the, so the seeds were planted. Uh, yeah, my then. sixth grade yeah. teacher, uh, Mrs. Threlkeld, actually was the first teacher when I was 12 years old. She had everybody keep these little creative writing notebooks. She was the first one that kind of singled me out in class and said, You got a gift for this, you need oh to keep, keep doing it. And then you when go. I was, uh, uh freshman in college taking you know english composition which you have to do right I, my professor took me aside and said hey you uh, i i'd recommend you go into technical writing because you know you you can write and if you go into technical writing that's a way in which you know you can actually get a job doing that and then right. you can do other creative writing like novels or whatever on the side and you know you still got a gig in writing Wow. Um, and so so that was like a long time ago. I think that's one of the reasons I do radio is because I have to write out I have to write out sure. a script, I have to do research. Sure. I have to come up with themes that connect all the music together and all that stuff. But anyway, I'm sorry this is taking so long, but No, it's great. No, I love it. It's perfect. But, um, this is anyway, so exactly she, the kind of thing we're looking for here. Well, she, <laughs> she took me she told me just write it. Um just write it, just write it. And, you know, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to write it. And I, you know, I sent it off to her and I was like, now what? And, <laughs> and she goes, and she's like, well, you know, we're just going to, you know. We're going to fix now, it. Now it's, now you're going to, now you're going to rewrite it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I was like, all right. Then I took all my, you know, I, I listened to what everybody said. And actually, when I do Mongre again, I'm going to rewrite it again. Because um, there, there's, a, there's a lot of, it, it needs to be thinned out a lot. Um, and also, there's been things that have been discovered about Barrios' life that I didn't know back then that I know right. now. 
that are going to go into no, it. No, is it is it is it like a complete biography, or does it does it center around a particular incident in his life, or? Well, it's a it's it's based on a true story, but it it's also, um, you know, it's like it's a it's a tr- it's a tough thing when you make when you try to tell someone's story and there's holes in the story, like. If you try to tell, well, f- first of all, it's a failing proposition. It's impossible to tell someone's life story in right. 22 of hours. Of course. All right, you're going to fail. You right. can tell a story. Right. It's like when, when people always complain about, oh, the book was so much better. Well, of course the book was better. Like, yeah. well, even then, it's like, well, it's like then, uh, and also I know too, it's like um, with these Barrio scholars, you know, I, I mean, I love them, but they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but also they'll argue with you, like what color shoes Barrios was wearing on October right. 1st, 1934. Right. It's like, well, I've got this photo from the day before. Those are clearly saddle Oxfords. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, who, who cares? Take it up with the costumer. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, but the thing is, so it's like you, there's things you know where point A is, you know where point C is. Sure, you got to tell a story. Yes, you got to guess where point B is. Right. And but actually, that's not even that's not even the story I'm trying to tell. Since it's called Mangare, well, I don't want to give it away. But yeah, don't give it away. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give be, it away. Be very general. Be very general. <laughs> so. Well, I'm gonna put it. I'll put it this way: Barrios was a mystic, and this film reflects that. That there, you know, there's that, there's, a, there's kind of a creepy supernatural, yeah, eerie thing about Barrios. Yeah, it surrounds his whole life. That that sounds like box office gold to me, man. <laughs> the stuff that I don't have to make up anything. Yeah, I mean, and how, how like did you when you started writing the screenplay? Because you you know you said that that they after after going to Paraguay, she was encouraging you write it, write it, yeah. write it. I mean, did did you already know all of this stuff, or did you have to do a ton of research to even start writing the, the screenplay? I did. I, I knew some stuff. I, I did do a ton of research. You know, I yeah. I met some some of the people of his extended family. Um, actually, since I got back, I've met his two grand great grandsons. Wow. Uh, one of them's a metal bass player in Argentina. What? Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Oh my God, that that is that's well, both awesome. Both of them are musicians. Both of them are rock musicians. Uh, Amazing. But one of them is a full-time metal bass guitar player. Does he have the name? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh shit! Gosh. Oh man. Well, last name is Barrios, of course. It is Barrios. Okay, yeah, that's what yeah, I was yeah. wondering. Yeah, both of them are Bar- Enrique uh, Barrios is the. The other one and oh, uh, what a hoot! That's amazing. That's fantastic. Um, I love uh, that. They're gonna kill me. They're gonna kill me. Because <laughs> of, like, but yeah, and he's got like long hair way down in here, and it's and it's oh, like it's I know your great grandpa thinks you're a badass. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That is so good. But amazing. Um, now, did did you go back down to Paraguay after after the since, first visit? Knows no, there was some talk to bring us back the the, yeah. the following year, 
but it, it didn't work out. But, but you, were, um, you were able to do all your research without, without having to travel. Well, I did, I did some when I was there. You know, I didn't know I was doing research, right. but I was, I was being taken. Soaking it up. Yeah. I, was been, I, I, I played, you know, I played on his, uh, what is it, uh, 125th birthday in his childhood home in Amazing. San Bautista. You know, oh. I have, you played in the house. How where, do you even process that? Yeah. <laughs> and he also lived in another house in a town called Via Florida, about 20 miles away. And so I played and met, you know, family there and oh, met those people, gosh. you know, played, went on some of the places that he would have went to. Right. Uh, actually went to the jungles in Brazil illegally. <laughs> Wow! Without without a visa, sure. Um, you know they handed us over. You know the embassy said, "Okay, uh, we're not sponsoring this day of the tour. <laughs> You're on your own." But here's Osvaldo Codas, and he's going to find some fun things for you to do. <laughs> wow! So they have these motorcycle taxis. Paraguay has a funky border with Argentina and Brazil. Yeah. And in this town called Ciudad del Este, City of the East, Paraguay, they don't check your visa if you're on a motorcycle. So they've, huh. they've sprung up motorcycle taxis. So it's like, if you want to make a day trip without a visa, you know, I had a visa to Do get into track. Paraguay, right. but I didn't have a visa to get into Argentina or Brazil. So he said, hey, you want to go to Iguazu Waterfalls, you know, biggest waterfalls in the world? I said, yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Follow and, me. <laughs> he said, okay, we're going to go into Brazil on, oh, on the wow. back of a couple of motorcycles. It said, I'm in. That's so, awesome. So we That's get up on that. Yeah, I took video like with my, with my camera phone. You know, totally illegal. You know, I'm doing point of view because I'm thinking like a filmmaker. I'm holding it, you know, two inches off the <laughs> off the screen while we're zipping through. We're zipping between traffic. Oh, on dirt bikes, not nice. regular motorcycles, dirt bikes. Um, you know, it was great. Um, so, but anyway, that, that's very, very cool. That, so, and, and you got to meet Clint Eastwood through all of this and, and well, yeah, well, here, some here's talk the of thing. Him. Well, the, the thing is, um, I, I had found out through a friend of mine, Julio Reyes, uh, who's, whose dad was from Paraguay. He's a really great guitarist. He's a Facebook friend. He really great guitar. He studied with David Tannenbaum in, in okay. uh, San Francisco. He didn't finish out his um, bachelor's in guitar because his mom got sick and he, he did the man thing and, you know, took care of mom, you know, but he's like, a, he and his brother both are like hellaciously talented. There's wow. these people that were taught guitar when they're tiny right. and they play several instruments yeah. at a really high level. Like his brother plays jazz violin and improvises in tune and he plays the Paraguayan harp. <laughs> and they, of course <laughs> and they both play guitar and they both play bass yeah you know, and Julio is a really great bass player he's a monstrous guitar player he's got loads of technique got you know tiny little tiny little hands that just fly like crazy anyway 
he's he's a member of the same private club that Clint's a member of, and it's like they're not friends, but they're acquaintances. <laughs> and he said he's given like these lecture performances, you know, of Barrios's music at his private club, and Clint like you know pulled up his chair to listen, and actually came up to him and said, and he heard you know what Julio had to say about yeah. him. He said, he said, so has anybody written anything about this guy? You know? <laughs> and he asked for he asked for Julio's CD, so he gave him a CD. You know, oh of course Julio gosh. didn't know about him back then, but he said, sure. you know, Richard Stover wrote a book. So anyway, so Julio tried to tried to talk to Clint about it, but it kind of wasn't it didn't work out in that situation. But I we knew that he was at least intellectually curious, and he already yeah. loved the music. Because he said he play, he's played Julia Florida there at the club, and he said Clint's eyes just like roll in the back of his head, and he's just like, oh, this is gorgeous. Wow. <laughs> that, you know, what a which it is, you know, yeah. the piece oh, is yeah. gorgeous. Who could not let it? Yeah. Oh, so anyway, <laughs> so I was just like, uh, so it's like, you know, Julio tried to give it, give a copy of my script to Clint, but that didn't work out. And it was like, oh, okay, well, Grace, well, I guess it's, that's not going to happen. And then, uh, oh, actually, I'll tell you, this is, all right. <laughs> okay, this is where it gets weird. <laughs> Clint Eastwood has pictures, some cute pictures of you doing your lawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, is where, this is where it gets crazy. This is how, okay. I swear, I've got, I've got photo proof. I swear I'm not making this up. Okay. So this all happened, this part happened in 2014. It's like my friend Julio tried to talk to Clint, but it didn't work out. He's like, you know, basically said, I can't talk to you here right now about this. You know, <laughs> like we're still friends, but I can't talk to you about this. He's like, oh, okay. You know, each and so Julio's saying, hey, man, I tried, but, you know, and I said, hey, man, I appreciate what you did. It's took one for the team, you know, I appreciate it. So anyway, so that happened in, um, like, late late July 2014. And then it was, like, a, about a week or so later, um, what was it? It was, uh, like, August 6th, 2014. I'm in a video store late one night with this girl I was dating at the time. And of course she knows about, you know, the whole monger thing and right. trying to get my script to Clint Eastwood and then not, not working out, <laughs> even though we know he, he likes it. <clears throat> and, and so, you know, there's actually this Vulcan video store here in Austin that's still open where you can rent DVDs, you know, like, Oh my gosh. Like you still do that? Yeah, they still do it there. They do it there. <laughs> Well, Austin has a lot of retro kind of hip things like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they still do. They may have been killed by the quarantine, but but in 2014 they were still in business. So here it is, August 6th, you know, close to midnight. You know, we're looking for something to rent and watch, and it's like not finding anything. It's like yeah, okay, we're starting to walk toward the front of the store. And pardon my French, but I shit you not. It's just the employees, a couple of employees and the two of us. On the left side, there's no one else by it. There's, you know, these long 
rows, shelves of DVDs lining the, the rows of the store. There on one of the upper shelves, with no one by it, this DVD case goes flying off the shelf by itself. Ah. It goes laterally. Now, you know, I'm... Please tell I'm, me this is how this, the, the screenplay begins. I'm no. <laughs> so, so I've, I'm. I don't mind telling you. You know, I'm 58 years old. I know how gravity works. It goes like this. Yeah, it it, it goes, it's not parabolic. Up, yeah, yeah. Down, up, yeah. down. It doesn't go laterally. There was no AC wind blowing that thing laterally. So, and we were walking, we both stopped dead in our tracks because we both saw, you know, this movement. And we Somebody threw something at you, yeah. <laughs> and it like went, and we both stopped and looked at each other. And it's like, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I kind of walked up to it and I picked it up. <laughs> and, I sh and I showed it to her and she goes, oh my God. Is a Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> Which one? I don't even remember. Oh my gosh. She goes, Oh my gosh, that is so creepy. And I said, You don't know the half of it. Do you know what day it is? She goes, Yeah, it's August 6th. And I'm like, Not anymore, it isn't. Now it's August 7th. Guess what day Barrios died? Oh, August no, 7th, no, 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 no. August 7th, 1944. No. That oh was my. the moment that his music passed into public domain, which means that, it's free and clear. Oh my God! I am not. I've got an eyewitness. That is that is outrageous. I don't think that she's is... talking to me anymore, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do have an eye. I promise. That I is insanity! Oh my God! How did you sleep that night? I don't know, but <laughs> I'm not going to sleep tonight thought, because of that. I just oh thought, my gosh! I thought this is crazy. Now, wow. his ghost wants Clint to do it. Yeah. Thought, oh there's no gosh. doubt in my mind. It's going to happen. Clint's going to be involved in some way. I don't know when or how, but I know it's going to happen. And Clint's going to have is, something to do with it. That is a crazy story. That is unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, so like so where said, where does got, where are things now? So you you've you've done a so rewrite well, your Yeah. Well it, it even gets it even gets we well it gets I can't say if it gets weirder, but that's it, pretty it weird. Stay, it stays at that weirdness level, at least. So Oh my god. Um This is great. This so is anyway, so this happens and I'm like, you know, because I thought, well, Clint's out of the picture, you know, it's like you know, I guess <laughs> is you know, I'll just see what Annie says to, we'll, do, we'll go some other route. And then when that happened, I thought, oh, well, maybe he's not out of the picture. And then, so anyway, Man, and then a couple of months amazing. later, a few months later, in December, all of a sudden, Annie dies, suddenly. Oh. My And she was a great friend because at the time, you know, like a year after the Paraguay tour, I ended up, you know, being separated and you know going through a divorce a year after. And then, you know, and Annie was like my friend at the time when my marriage was going through the shitter and and she saw how that was, 
you know, devastating to me because I didn't want that to happen. So, but it was like, she's like one of these lifetime friends that comes in at the right moment. Mm-hmm. Like when you're at your worst and she goes, write it. I don't care how bad you feel today. You do right. It's like, I've known you four months and you're talking to me like my mom. You know? yeah, yeah. Like, or even worse than my mom. My mom, <laughs> my mom is way easier on me than that. <laughs> so, but so <clears throat> she's like, just write it. Did you write today? I was like, damn it. So anyway, and then, so in December, 2014, Annie dies. And I'm like, shit. Cause not only, is it this friend who I built this deep right. connection with at one of the lowest points in my life, but also she's like, she's my to- whole connection now. Right. To she's that moving the project. Yeah. So anyway, um, the family, uh, because it happened, you know, right before the holidays, the family postponed her memorial service until February and they they asked if I would come to Los Angeles and play at the memorial service. And I said, oh, hell yeah, I will. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I went to it and, um, you know, played there. And I finally got to meet, you know, my editor, Bonnie D'Souza, you know, which was great. You know, <laughs> I'm like, nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so while I was there, um, uh, I... Uh, I just thought, well, I'm in town, you know, I, I, I reached out to uh, Scott Morris cause you know, he lives close by there. You know, I, I just interviewed Scott about a year earlier cause he okay. recorded some Satie things and I uh-huh. heard his interview and his music on the show. And I just thought, we'll go get coffee or something. Sure. You know, it's like, I, I never, I never, I've been to LA like before that I've only been like once before, you okay. know, or this was actually in agora hills which is like out it's like on the other side of malibu you know there's like a big mountain malibu is on the coast there's the mountains and then on the other side is agora hills and that's where annie annie and her husband ralph and um so uh but scott lives in that area and so we we you know met and had coffee and he was asking me, he said, well, how's the Mongeray thing? And I said, well, we're, um, we're dead. It's dead in the water. You know, it's like, I thought, you know, I knew that Clint liked it, but my, my Clint connection is gone, is not working. And, you know, my Annie, the lady who, you know, told me to write this thing and works in the movie business, she passed away. And that's why I'm here at her memorial service. So it's like, it's gone. It's over. Um, you know, there's, you know, that's the end of it. He goes, wow, man, I'm sorry, man. That's a, that's a bummer. I said, yeah, I know. It's because I know that, you know, Clint's, you know, loved his music because he, you know, he, lo- he loved hearing the Julio play it and asked for Julio Reyes' CD and, you know, Julio's played for him, you know, six or seven times over the years and, and you know, and Clint loves Julio Florida and, and other stuff too, but so it's and then scott goes well you know i think i think the la guitar quartet guys just played at clint eastwood's golf course oh my god like a month ago (laughs) and uh 
And a buddy of theirs is is a guitarist, and he's a real like mega successful screenwriter. Martin, oh, uh, not screen, wow! Not screenwriter, uh, a, a film score composer, Martin Mancini. Okay. He was like won like three Grammys. You know, he did stuff for Lion King. He did Training wow. Day. He did Moana. He did Twister. You know, all these blockbuster. He did uh, Rush. Uh, that was a big action thing in the nineties. Uh huh which started its own genre of action soundtracks and everything. Oh my gosh. And then when uh, uh, Lion King became a musical, he wrote like all that music that's between the songs. Okay. You know, he's, and, and he's a really good guitar, classical guitarist and he's friends Amazing. with those guys. And I was like, wow. And, and, and so, um, so I, I, uh, I can't remember if I emailed or called Bill Cannon Geyser and, and I told him what was going on. I said, Hey, you know, um, I, I heard you guys, you know, just played at, at Clint Eastwood's golf course and are friends with one of his friends who's a guitarist. You know, here's the deal. I know that he likes Barrios's music because of my friend Julio. And, you know, I tried to do this, you know, I wrote this script and everything just to see if he would read it or whatever. And, and then I didn't hear anything. It was like, eh, okay. <laughs> Typical. You know, so at the time I was thinking, thanks. You know, I was like, how many times have I heard you guys music? <laughs> you know, how many times, you know, so long. Have you them? Have you interviewed them by then? Yeah. Bill multiple times. I've interviewed the quartet as a But group. before then, had, had you, had you, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah loads, oh, loads. come on now. <laughs> no, but what I didn't realize, I didn't hear anything because Bill was on it. Oh, you know, wow. Like, he, he, did, like, he didn't, he didn't want to answer. Very wise. Yeah. Bill is a smart guy. He's funny. Yeah. He, you know, the thing is, he's, he's really, I think we, we all agree he's talented and he's funny oh, yeah. as hell. He's really yeah. funny. But a lot of times people don't understand that people that are really funny are often extremely intelligent. Of course, yes. Yeah. Smart. I, I think the guy's a genius. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of bright people in the guitar world, but I think Bill's a genius. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah. I agree. Um, but so anyway, so I was just, I get a, you know, I was just thinking, well, okay, well, I guess. That's that. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll go back to doing my little radio. Oh, yeah, show. little faith. I'll, you know, I'll, keep, I'll keep playing, you know, at the hospital and doing my little thing, you know, my little thing and keep raising money for my PBS show and, you know, do, chipping away at the stone, you know. <laughs> I guess that paranormal thing was just one of those things. So... And then, um, then I got a call at like 1130 at night, you know, it's like, who's calling me at 1130? It's like Bill Cannon guys are, I was like, Oh, hello. Like, hey Bill, what's up? <laughs> and, and he's, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it's something like this. It's like, Hey Tony, shut up and listen. Okay. Clint. <laughs> was like, he said, okay. So. I talked to Mark, and it turns out Mark is already a fan of your radio show. He listens to it on the internet. He's friends with Clint, um, he, and he's and he's real protective of that friendship. He's not promising anything, but 
he said, you know, if you want, he'll, he'll call you in a few days or you'll call him. We'll figure out the phone number thing. And then you can send your script on to him. And then if it kind of, if he feels it's appropriate situation, he'll mention it to Clint. And I said, Hey, that's yeah, better than I can that's do. That's more than you can ask for. Yeah, yeah. That's more than I can ask for. And I was like, great. Fine by me. Fine by me. And, um, and so I, you know, it's like about a few days or a week later, I ended up talking to Mark on the phone. He's really great. He's really funny, uh, really smart. You know, he's telling me how much he enjoys my radio show and, you know, and he's a guitar collector, has these amazing classical guitars in his collection. Um, and, uh, and again, he's, you know, he's very guarded and he said, well, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with Clint because, you know, we both live in Carmel, you know, I'm, but we've never worked together. We happen to work in the same industry, but, you know, I'm just a member of his golf club, you know, even though I was like, <laughs> I barely know how to golf, but you know, we're just friends. You know, he comes over and plays my piano and, you know, and, and we talk music and I'll go to his club and we'll have, have dinner or a glass of wine or something. That's it. We never worked amazing. together. We we're just amazing. You know, casual, you know, friends. You know, he's cool. He said, so I'm, you know, and I'm pr real protective of that. But yeah, go ahead and send me your script. And, you know, if it ever comes comes up in conversation, then I'll mention, you know, I know some know somebody who wrote. I said, Hey, that's better than I can do. So I sent it off to him. And I was thinking, well, realistically. How, what are the chances? Right, sure. Hey, let's talk about guitars from South America. <laughs> oh, by the way, this happens. That's never going to happen. Never. And so, anyway, so, <clears throat> again, uh, so it was like real, so I FedExed it to Mark, and then it was real soon. It was like three or four or five days later. Again, I get like this late night phone call because, you know, of course, they're on Pacific. They're on California time, yeah. Yeah, for California time, you know, it would have been 8.30 him, you know, or 9.30 him, you know, 11.30 me. So, again, again, I get a call from from Bill. It's like, hey, Bill. He's like, all right, shut up. <laughs> shut up and listen. All right, all right, shut up and listen. Clint has your script. And I was like, What? <laughs> He goes, yeah. He said, I don't have the details, but evidently, he says, evidently, you know, correct me. Somehow. <laughs> he said, Mark, I think, if I understand right, you know, Mark took it to his house and handed it to him. Oh, um, my God. I said, are you shitting me? He said, hey, he's going to, you guys are going to talk directly and work it out at this point. But that's my understanding. Wow. And I'm like, holy shit. And I got really nervous. <laughs> Like, so this, this is in 2015 then that's in that's in 2015 that's march okay. 2015 okay and then so i talked to mark on the phone and then he said he said hey man i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen at this point but he's definitely got it i don't know if he's gonna read it but he definitely has it wow. and he said well why don't you come up to carmel and you know it's like i can take you up to his club and you can meet you know um <laughs> Because you know, Clint, yeah. Why don't you? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, and I said, hey, I'm <laughs> so I, 
you know, I, I went there in the summer of 2015, actually went with Julio, because okay. I, I went to go, I went to, actually I went uh, in the summer with Julio to visit him and uh, took him up to this, you know, this private club that he and Clint are a member of. And I went there as a guest and then uh, we drove down and then met Mark at his studio, met him for the first time. And then, uh, then I came back uh, Mark, in, again, in October 2015, Mark said, hey, why don't you come up and and I'll I'll get a chance, to, you know, maybe if if Clint's here, we'll go to the club and introduce you. And, you know, he can meet you and, you know, just, it's not going to happen overnight if it happens at all, you know, just, just to, you know, introduce, you know, because this is how things get done, you know, personal connections. He said, because the same people he's worked with, he's worked with for years, he said, this is going to, if this happens, it's going to take years for it to happen. So, and so that's why we're starting now. Wow. So, okay. So I went there, I got there in October 25th, and we had just missed him because I got there on a Friday. He had just left on Wednesday to start go shooting Sully. Okay. So instead, ended up going to Clint's best friend's birthday party. <laughs> At his house, yeah. So yeah, Mark, <laughs> Mark was invited and and said, "Hey, uh, I have a friend from out of town. He's cool. Is it okay if he crashes your party?" And said, "Yeah, come on and bring him." So amazing. I, so I got to meet Clint's best friend. It's an older older guy named uh, what's his name? Is that uh, George? Uh, I can't remember his last name. It's a Hispanic guy named George. He's not a movie guy. So he's just like yeah. a self. He's a self-made, you know, entrepreneur, just like Clint. He's like, that's, as far as I can tell, most of Clint's buddies that I saw anyway, they're, they're not necessarily people in the movie biz. It's right. like, it's like these hard, these hard old dudes that like came from nothing and like made it. Yeah. It's like that is like, that's the thing they have in common. It's like, it's all, it's a, it's a bunch of crusty old alpha males. <laughs> yeah. Hard scrabble. Yeah. Hard scrabble. Tough dudes. Yeah. Tough, real deal. Real deal. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we just missed him. And then actually it was the, the next year, uh, was it? Yeah. 20 or no, so yeah, 2016, I went in March, and then I met him for the first time, and then went there, and then, you know, went there, me and Mark, and Mark's um, recording assistant, Marlon, went to his club, and it was cool, and, you know, Clint was there at his bar holding court, you know, and I was, you know, I got real nervous, because I'm looking over the way, and my ins my reaction was like, oh, don't look at him, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> Because I'll I'll accidentally stare and I'm like right I'm right oh my god I'm not even gonna look in his direction. <laughs> so it was like Marnell and I sat down on these couches, you know, by this fireplace away from the bar, and Mark went and talked to him. There's no place to sit at the bars. Clint and his buddies holding court. So and so they talked. You know, Mark was all happy because he just had finished Moana, and Clint had just finished the final edits on Sully. And, and so, um, um, and then, you know, Mark came and joined me and Marlon 
And then it's like, it's like, all right, we'll just chill. We'll see if he comes over. I'll inter introduce you if he does. <laughs> if he doesn't come over, you know, it's like, that's fine. Sure. And then uh, he happens to notice, and Mark goes, you know, just kind of under his breath, he goes, okay, heads up. Here comes Clint. He's walking over. We'll see if he says anything. Be cool. Be cool. Yeah, be cool. Be cool. <laughs> Don't freak out. You know, and then he, so he, Clint comes over, and he starts talking to Mark, and I can't, I can't hear him because he talks real soft. Right, it sounds just a like, super low yeah, voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mark can hear him because he's right there, but all, all I'm hearing is. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then uh, Mark, you know, and I was thinking, oh, do I stand? And I was like, well, Mark is sitting, so I'm I'm going to do what Mark right. does. You know, Clint's standing, Mark's sitting, so I'm not going to stand. So. Um, <laughs> So, and then Mark goes, oh, Clint, uh, by the way, it's my friend Tony I was telling you about. And in my head, I'm going like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, he, and he mumbled something, you know, it's like, something. Ah, like, oh, nice to meet you. Uh, and, um, oh, wait, um, and then I, then I, I said, oh, I saw, um, I forget which one of his movies. Um, uh, I saw, or maybe it was American Sniper then that had already come out. I can't remember. But I said, oh, I saw such and such three times. <laughs> and, and which I had. I had. Um, maybe it's American Sniper or, or maybe it was Sully at that point. I can't remember the chrono because he, he's churning them out so fast. Yeah. Um, but I said, I think it was Sully. Yeah, I guess he had done final edits on something else. Um, but I said, oh, yeah, I saw such and such three times. He goes, oh, three times. And then I, I kind of had that moment where I I thought, a kind of panic. Oh, he's thinking I really didn't see it three times. Oh, no, he thinks I'm a liar. What do I say? You know? <laughs> and then, you know, my my def I have this thing when I get nervous is I crack jokes. Sure. They don't have to be nervous. They don't have to be good, but I'll crack them anyway. Right. So, so it's hit or miss. So he goes, so like in an instant, he goes, oh, three times. And I go, and I said, well, I got three girlfriends. So, you know, <laughs> so, and, Perfect. So at, the time, at the time I did, <laughs> which is not how I got divorced that, you know, that was all, you know, you're divorced and then you got something to prove, you know, uh, but then yes, uh, so like, and then everybody laughed and, and then it was, oh, and this is funny because several people had told me this, Julio had told me this. Um, and I think Mark Mancina had told me this too. They said, you know, Clint is kind of like, in a way, kind of like his dirty, hairy character in a way, or his movie characters in that he'll say like some short little one liner that's perfectly timed yeah. and then like walk off into the sunset, <laughs> you know? And then, so I, so I goes, it's like, Oh, three times. And I goes, Oh, well, you know, I got three girlfriends. Everybody laughs, including Ken. And then he goes, well, you got to keep the ladies happy. Oh, <laughs> and, we walked, oh, yeah. and then we all laughed. Oh my God. And then we walked yes. off. Yes. 
<laughs> you have your very own dirty hairy quote, man. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep the ladies happy. Oh, fantastic. And, fantastic. And then then Mark looks at me and he goes, it's like, all right, let's get the hell out of here. And there's like, <laughs> we have our drinks. And then, you know, there's a parking garage under the club. And then like we're down there underneath the club, walking to his car. And he's like, we're looking around. There's no one there. And he goes, hey, man, mission accomplished. <laughs> like, yes. So, so anyway, that was the first time I met him. And then I did get to meet him, like, uh, I think it was two years later at Mark's 60th birthday party. Okay. And I actually got to, and then Canagizer was there also. Bill oh actually gosh. played back. Uh, yeah, I arranged one of Mark's pieces, this beautiful piece from August Rush, this okay. lullaby. I arranged it for three guitars because Mark Manchin is taking guitar lessons with um, Mark Teicholtz and Bill Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. And, uh, you know, and Mark will come down from San Francisco and, like, stay the weekend and stuff, and sometimes Bill does, too. So, anyway, so for Mark's 60th birthday, um, they both were coming down, So and I came for it. And so unbeknownst to Mark, I arranged this lullaby from August Rush for three guitars. So at his birthday party, you know, it was me. So I got to play in a trio with Mark Teicholtz and Bill Kanegai. So oh, my good. God. Fantastic. <laughs> so I gave myself the third guitar part, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. Oh, fantastic. You know, and I'm oh thinking gosh. I'm playing it. I think, you know, and I'm playing it. I'm thinking I'm playing it great. And I'm listening to these guys and I'm going like, how do you, yeah, how do you sound like that? <laughs> and there's sight reading and it sounds like uh, perfectly formed phrases while sight reading. Mm, you know, amazing sound. of them, this bell-like yeah. tone. Yeah, Canagizer has one of, one of the biggest sounds oh, of any of guitarist. Both of those guys. Yeah, they, I, I played in, when he was doing the, the, um, Oh, the concerto with uh, Shingo Fuji when he was doing the yeah yeah that. concerto de Los Angeles yeah I went he toured on it and he was really yeah. smart because he would go into a city and make connections with whoever was there and say hey assemble a guitar orchestra to play behind me and yeah. he did one of these in Cincinnati and of course got in touch with Claire Callahan and, and she called me and said hey you got folks to want to do this and I said yeah let's do it and I literally I was sitting in the very back row of the orchestra yeah you know his back was turned to us and it was loud I mean awesome. his sound is so humongous and it was just it was tremendous I, I just I remember I always remember that you know and uh yeah it was it was, it was yeah his his sound is like one of my favorite guitar yeah, sounds he's, ever he's, yeah he Tremendous. deserves every bit of he's done really well and he deserves every bit of it yeah. he deserves every bit of his success so more but you got to play with him i mean i get it too i guess but not like that <laughs> well like i said i played bass bass line so i got to be his bass player i got to be him and but yeah it was fun and then we we played it at his uh at his birthday and it was like he had the sound system set outside. Mark has a beautiful house. It's on the Pacific coast, you know, overlooking the ocean. Oh my God. And there's all these people there. Uh, Clint Eastwood was there. Um, uh, Alan Silvestri, who's another mega successful uh -huh. film composer. He did, he did a bunch of those Marvel movies, soundtracks. Okay. Uh, he did that chips TV show thing back in the 70s. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he did that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he's he he's a vineyard now, Silvestri Vineyards. Um, yeah, Mark introduced me to him. He's a real great guy. Um, I met a keyboard player that used to tour with um, uh, Buddy Rich, and I was like, "Oh man, oh you can tell me some Buddy Rich stories." Those <laughs> are legendary. So, um, anyway, you know, he had all these. Oh, and I met uh, Michael Nesmith from the Monkees. He's he okay. Wow. Yeah, I met, they were all at Mark's sixty <laughs> birthday party. That's crazy. So, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, speaking of weird coincidences, um, a friend of mine uh, who lives in Dallas, her friend, her friend's daughter has a fixation on Michael Nesbitt from the Monkees and draws his picture. And I had mentioned that Michael Nesbitt was going to be at this party. She goes, and she told me about this. And I said, well, send me this drawing. So I showed that drawing of Michael Nesmith to Michael Nesmith. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and I said, hey, I, I knew you were going to be at this party, but there's a 12-year-old girl in Dallas who, like, is your big fan and draws your picture, and here it is on my phone. And he's like, and I was thinking he would say, oh, wow, that's cool. But he's kind of a quirky guy. He's like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Does he live in L.A.? Yeah, he lives in Monterey. Yeah, oh, Carmel gosh. Monterey, they're kind of wow. together. Monterey, Carmel, Carmel by the Sea are all kind of, and Salinas okay. are all kind of sandwiched okay. in this yeah, tiny yeah, yeah. area. Uh, like in the same area that's like about the size of University of Texas at Austin. Right. <laughs> um, but, um, so yeah, but uh, uh, Clint was was at, at the party and I would see him there, you know, and I was like, oh, don't look at him. I just like <laughs> doing the same. Yeah. You know, I, was like, I, I don't want to stare at him. <laughs> don't make you know, eye contact. I, yeah. I was like, if there's someone famous there, I'd be like, oh, don't look at him. I don't want to stare. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to be that guy who's like staring. Sure, of course. Staring yeah. at famous oh, my people. God. It's such and such. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a guy from the monkeys. I was like, oh, I guess it was. I'm not looking at him. Vaguely, you know. So, yeah, it's like I went out to, yeah, I know at one point I went out on this uh, Mark's balcony it was, because there's a sunset, you know, and you, you see the sun going down over the Pacific Ocean. Right. It's like, wow. Mm-hmm. And I was out there and, you know, some other people were there looking at it. And, you know, he has some tables. It's kind of a big balcony, you know, deck rather, big deck, and, you know, looking in. It's like see one of the chairs, there's, Clint Eastwood, and he's got reading glasses on, reading, looking at something. And I was like, oh, don't look at him. <laughs> and I was like, immediately, all right, I got to get out of here. I don't want him to, I don't want him to catch me staring at him. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, so I just like got, you know, got out of there. Oh, I should preface that with um, the day before Mark's birthday party. Uh, he Mark plays. He's a really great guitarist, but he also plays bass in like this Beatles okay tribute band. Okay, they, they play like twice a year or something. So they played at Clint's club on the Friday, the day, the day before his birthday. So Mark said, "Hey, you want to come up? I'm going to play. My Beatles group is going to play there. You know, you want to come?" I said, "Sure." And so actually, the day before, I, I went there. 
and you know and I get there and you know, there's people coming in it's like a dinner party and then they're gonna have the band play and so I was in this little foyer area and I was getting kind of claustrophobic because there's a bunch of people in there and I just walked outside on this the deck of the club you know kind of overlooking the golf course and I saw there's one other claustrophobic guy out there. So I went up <laughs> talking to him. He was like a retired doctor. We were talking a long time. And it started to rain, sprinkle a little bit. So we started walking in. And about that time, you know, I saw Bill Kanegeiser come into the foyer area. And, and I was still talking to the doctor guy. And Clint was talking to some some old guy. I couldn't see who it was. And... Uh, <clears throat> And I, so I said to this doctor, I was talking to him, I said, hey, see that curly-haired guy? That, that That's uh, Bill Kanegeiser. He's pretty famous. He's he's from the LA Guitar Quartet. He's won a Grammy and all this stuff. And he goes, well, that guy he's talking to is pretty freaking famous, too, because that's Clint Eastwood. And was, <laughs> and I, didn't, I didn't recognize because he's like he's had the back of his back head. Back of his head, yeah. You know? and, it, and I was like... And it was funny because oh, that is you know, that's the ultimate classical guitar geek, geek joke right yeah. there. That is fantastic. Yeah, it's total geek. Because <laughs> because Kana guys are at this time. He's caught my. He's he now sees me, and he you know, and he's talking. To, he's talking to Clint face to face. You know, guys are intimidated by no one. Right. Yeah. You know, he'll he'll crack jokes with you know whatever president of wherever <laughs> of the U.S. or whatever. UN or whatever. <laughs> so he's talk, uh, talking to Clint. And at the same time, he's looking at me like, kind of like, come on over. Come on over. He's like, he's you're in. Kind of like, like, see who I'm with his eyes, like, see who I'm talking to. <laughs> you know, he's kind of, he's like, <laughs> you know, it was really funny. And then, of course, my reaction is, is like, don't look at him. Don't, like, don't look at him. <laughs> don't look at him. I'm, you know, avert your eyes. I just like look down. Don't look, you know, like look away. And and then when I think it's kind of safe, and I'm the only one who's not like 70 in this right. period, except for Canna Geyser and my friend Mark and the other musicians in his band. But most of the people are, a lot older because they're Clint's parents, you know, they're his neighbors and everything. <clears throat> so most of them, not all of them, so, you know, they're kids also. Sure. <laughs> um, but so, you know, I'm like looking away and then I'm thinking it's, you know, safe. It's about 30 seconds. So I'm going <laughs> to gradually look over where Kenny Geyser was, you know, it's starting to fill into this room. I happen to look up where Kenny Geyser was and then there's Clint staring at me like, <laughs> like already he's already staring at me. He's, he's pointing at you you know <laughs> no he's he's already staring at me and i happen to be looking up at him oh, no. he's just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i've been on and of course my reaction is immediately like look away look away <laughs> no, it, well it's like well, he's obviously looking at somebody behind oh. him. He's not staring at me because he doesn't. He doesn't. I mean, he's he, he like met me once, you know, right. months ago. He's not going to remember me, you know. Got to so, keep the ladies happy. Yeah, he, he's not going to remember that. So, 
and then I was I I looked the other way and and then you know and I kind of turned back and I make sure I'm not going to look at him again. I'm not looking out. I'm not looking out. I'm not going to get busted. And I just said my I just told myself my goal for this trip is to not get thrown out of this club. Because <laughs> I'm not. That's that's the only thing. So anyway. So, but yeah, so I've been on the receiving end of that famous stare of his, and I have to say, Amazing. Not, it's not comfortable. And, and not, what, what distance are we talking here? Was this like, you know, 20 30, feet? 30, 20, 30 feet, you know? Okay. Yeah, that would, that, yeah, I could see that would be a, that would be a thing. I mean, he, he's old, you know, he's like 90 but, now. But it's Clint Eastwood. <laughs> but I know, but still, it's. Yeah. How many times have we seen that on film, you know, yeah, the close know. up and then but the stare, that I stare, yeah. It's cold. It's, <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine who's real into the esoteric stuff said, you know, who's astrologer, everything and all this stuff. She goes, well, he's got that scorpionic stare. That's, you know, he's, he's not, he's not a Scorpio himself, but he's got this Scorpio and this Scorpio and this Scorpio and this Scorpio. And that's a thing is, they size people up with their eyes. They stare through huh. them. They tend to have an un uncomfortable extended gaze. And they that's how they size people up is by staring through them. So he's like, this guy doesn't look like he belongs here. Should I throw him out? Like, Are you feeling stupid. lucky? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's acting like he's he's pretty unsure of himself so i guess he's all right i'll just watch he doesn't walk out with the silverware you know, i see him putting, putting the cutlery into his coat pocket i'll, I'll have him tossed but uh yeah so that was the so, night before the mark's birthday party. before the birthday party yeah and so so yeah that was great i got to see you know i got to hear mark's band and they were great and mark can mark can actually sing really well it's like damn, like these guys that are that he's a really good classical guitarist, but you know he manages to save his fingernails somehow and plays bass guitar and he sings all these harmony Beatles stuff that's oh super gosh. high. It's like shit. It's like some of these guys have talent, like by the bucket full, you know. Yeah. You know, it's like others of us. You know, it's like get your little eye drops that have talent. <laughs> you know, like here you go, slosh, slosh, slosh. So, only thing I have is I have like willpower that doesn't quit. Yeah, I, like, I get de you determination. Me, absolutely. Yeah. We, if you had me in a room with ninety-nine other people. And as long as one of them was Clint Eastwood. As, well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If it was a coal, who can hold this red-hot coal the longest yeah. and the stakes are sufficiently high? I guarantee you I'll be in the top ten. I'll probably win. I'll probably win unless there's another crazy person like me. Like, like all right, this is now burning through the bone. I can smell my bone burning. What is the smell? Yeah. That's that's the only thing I got is I've got a willpower that doesn't give in. You know, I, never I mean, it's I think it's important. I think it's really important. I think it's yeah. the only thing. Yeah. I mean, you got to know when to, like Kenny Rogers. You know, got to know. Yeah. God rest his soul. Another COVID uh, era. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. He, yeah. He's a 22, 2020 casualty. Yeah. Right? Yep. 
Oh yeah, my gosh. Both my parents, yeah. Ugh. And Eddie Van Halen, boy, that was a shocker. Ugh. That was that was a bad day. That that, bad day. that hit. I, I tell I, you, I, I've spent so much time on YouTube since then. Oh, me like, too. Like listening to bootleg recordings and, and finding like all the concert videos and ever like even the Everything. really shitty ones from like yeah. the guy way in the back with a like tiny like millimeter. Yeah, yeah, you know. Did it, you see like the every, Dutch every TV bit. interview? Yes, where he's speaking Dutch. Yeah, seventy nine. That is so yeah. great. It is. Yeah, it's fantastic. Say weddings. You know, I played weddings. <laughs> and then he shows the tapping thing, which I thought yeah. was so cool. How cool would that have been to see that in nineteen seventy nine? I know. Like when I everybody know. was kind of figuring it out before. Yeah. You know, before you know, when we finally got to see it happen in concerts, like, oh, yeah. so that's how he's doing it. Right. I started reading in in these rock magazines. He had this crazy technique of doing this, like in '78. Yeah. You know, but you know how. And apparently, apparently, like I mean, that was the way he was doing it with a super legato and and multi-string, and you know, yeah, like the whole eruption thing. Apparently, that was a relatively recent development because if you listen to some of the the club gigs that they were doing, like in '76 and '77, he wasn't doing that. Yeah. And then he he, well, he started know, doing got... it, and 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 then you start to hear it, and then of course it's on the, it's on the first recording and the demos and stuff. But it's it. it was well, like, you know, I, I never realized that that was like a you know it was like kind of a new thing for him too. You know. Yeah, it was. But actually, you know this. I mean, you can you can search it, and this is this sound this will sound like blasphemy, but you know who he got that from? He got a lot of stuff from Terry Gilgore. Kilgore. Yeah. Okay. He got the Variac thing with doing the lower. Really? He got that from Terry Kilgore. Uh, I think it was Terry that showed him the Heartbreaker. You know the. That's with right hand tapping. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know the whole. That's uh-huh. with, you know your index finger holding it and going. Right. So he actually got that, and you know the stride guitar thing. That's not his idea either. Did you know that? Huh. There was a there was a punk space group. Um, shoot, what, I think they were called something, uh, shit. Their, their guitarist had, he played a Les Paul, but it had paint stripes all over it. Okay. But they, they did this kind of quirky, they would dress up as spacemen (laughs) in LA at that time. And they were kind of a quirky group and they would, they would play like they were aliens and they would talk in this kind of alien speak. Anyway, they were kind of a semi-popular LA band, but their guitarist played a Les Paul and had these crazy stripes on it. (laughs) Amazing. Hey, everything comes from somewhere. Yeah, that, absolutely. That doesn't make it, doesn't make it less creative. Oh no, no way. Well, you know, I, I think I think a lot of times with 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 the geniuses like that, it's it's they take the stuff around them and coalesce it into something. Right. You know, it's again not necessarily an innovation, but just have you ever put this piece with this piece, put them together, and wow, okay, well that's pretty amazing, you know. Right. Like, well, like like you know. If there hadn't been a Beethoven, there wouldn't have been a Brahms. Right, of course. Or at least, um, 
not, not the same. Not not yeah. the one that we know of now. Right, right. Not of that kind of Beethovenian proportions. I mean, right. had there been like, it had only gotten up to like Mozart, and we kind of can carry it on in that vein, and then yeah. Brahms is born and comes out, yeah. we would have still had this kind of, you know, that kind of stuff. But sure. You know, it, that, that doesn't make Brahms any less of a genius. Right. You know, because he was influenced by this, you know. Right. But, um, I, yeah. I get it. That's that's crazy, isn't it? Wow. I was wow. shocked. But I, <laughs> I checked it. I checked it. And it's like, holy shit, that's where he huh. got the idea. Um, and actually, Terry Kilgore, if you search him on YouTube, there's there's a 45 single that a group that he did. I forget what the name of the group is, but you search it, and he plays a solo, and it sounds like it sounds a lot like Eddie Van Halen without a vibrato bar. Wow. I mean, it's the song sucks, and the tone <laughs> is good, but it's like, man, that's a great solo. And that kind of sounds like Eddie. I mean, yeah. Amazing. Terry Kilgore. Terry later uh, played with David Lee Roth. Okay. He did a solo thing with two guitars. So, you know, Dave, Dave knew. He said, yeah, I know where this stuff comes from. This, yeah. Amazing. Wow. So but, is uh, there more on the Clint Eastwood story? Is that what Oh, yeah. Thought? Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, so, <laughs> so anyway, at a, so at Mark's birthday party, um, you know, uh, Bill Kanegeiser, you know, I happen to go in this room. I, I saw a bunch of people kind of chain, uh, <laughs> hanging around this door facing. And I was like, oh, awesome. what's going on in here? And I walked in there and peeked around the corner. And there's Clint Eastwood sitting in a chair. And Mark and uh, Bill Kanegeiser is playing guitar, sitting on the edge of a bed, playing for Clint. You know, and cracking jokes. Oh, my you know, God. Cracking jokes. You know, he's playing up a storm. And, and Clint's loving it. And oh, wow. cracking jokes and everything. And. People are watching this whole thing go down. And of course, my reaction is, oh shit, don't look. Don't look. <laughs> don't, get caught, don't get caught staring at anybody. I immediately oh like, my eyes, walk away. <laughs> I'm going to buy you a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I collect them. I, yeah, the cheap ones. So I was like, yeah, ones that say, don't look. But then, and, and all through the night, you know, it's like, you know, it's like I was trying to work up the nerve to go talk to Clint because, you know, Mark said, hey, Clint's going to be here. You know, this would be a Amazing. good opportunity. You know, you can go up to him and start talking about it. And I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> and then um, and then Bill comes over later, you know, and he goes, hey, man, I've been talking to Clint and I've been telling him about Barrios and how what a crazy life he had. And I've been telling him about you and how about how you know a lot of stuff about him. Like you want to go talk to him? And I said, Yeah, but it's like yeah. he's like, Well, it's kind of, he goes, I don't know, it doesn't feel right right now. You know, my, I have a really high home tuition. And I was like, now's not the time. He goes, Okay, I respect that. And he goes, Wow. And then he goes off and it's like, you know, and sometime later he goes, Hey man, you ready to go talk talk to my buddy? And I'm like, It's not the right time. He goes, Okay, okay. Uh, you know, time goes on, it's getting late. And then you know, we played, and then later we played uh, the trio piece for Mark, you know, and he loved it, and his daughter was crying because it was oh, so beautiful. Oh, oh my and, and, and his wife, you know, everybody there was just like in tears because it was like this beautiful yeah. moment of his own music 
all night it was his own music being played for him. Oh my gosh. And he found his buddies from his high school rock band days and he got them together and they got to play. And and it was and it was like all these you know, all these cool people, you know, in all the hardest fields and like he made it, you know. Yeah. It's like all this respect and love thrown his way all night long. And uh, so and then Bill, you know, sometime later goes, you ready now? And then I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and, then, and then it was the right time because sure. he had just gotten up and he was about to leave. And precisely at that moment, he was walking to the door of Mark's house to leave. Door opens and then Bill's right there. And because they've been talking off and on all sure. night long and playing guitar and listening, it's like, hey, it's you again. It's like, and he goes, Hey, Clint, you know, it's like, I get the same introduction. He's like, Hey, this is, I got exactly the same thing that, you know, Mark is like, Hey, Clint, this is my friend Tony I was telling you about. And it's like, Oh, hey, yeah, we met, you know, it's, you know, Mark introduced at Tehama, you know, a year ago. And I saw you yesterday. Like, Oh, he goes, and, and Bill starts talking about Barrios and all this stuff about his music and, you know, how he used to dress up as an Indian and all this stuff. And, he, and he's like, hands it off. And isn't that right, Tony? I was, yeah. And yes, and Bill, yes. Cool. He was like, <laughs> he was like in listening mode. It, it, you know, you can tell when someone's like, versus right. like, okay. He was he's engaged. Like, okay. Yeah. He's, he, you know, he's yeah. listening. And um, so, so I talked to him like 20 minutes, you know, and, I, and luckily I'd planned out what I was going to say because I knew <laughs> or an idea. I knew what he was interested in. Um, like for instance, you know, I talked about the whole thing of him being an outcast. Clint's an outcast. He's sure. always played outcast in his movies. Right. You know, Barrios tried to fit in and he was rejected. So he changed his name and adopted a disguise, started right. dressing up as an Indian and because Clint was in great shape as a young man. I mentioned, you know, Barrios right. was in great Athletic, shape. He used yep. to come out on stage, bare cloth, like a savage. And then he'd play this beautifully tender music and would win over audiences everywhere he went. And I probably had the only distinction. I probably shouldn't say this now, so I'll say it. I'm probably the only one who's actually <laughs> said the N-word to Clint Eastwood. Good Lord, man. <laughs> I, said, I, I said said uh well it's talking about barrios i don't know you know in recent years barrios you know he was traveling with a jewish diplomat in 1935 he ends up in nazi germany in berlin this is all recently whoa now. yes whoa yes barrios is playing live on german national radio twice during yeah. third reich yeah oh wow chris erwich a barrio scholar in the netherlands poured over years of german national radio network catalogs and right. found both of them amazing we had heard from another other people that it was a barrio student had said that Barrio said he played on German national radio, but there'd been no proof. Well, Chris found it. Oh Chris, my God. Chris Erwich freaking found it. And so, so he's, 
and I, so I mentioned to Clint, it's like a common thread in Barrios's life is one, he's always present at the cutting edge of technology. Right. One of his first jobs, he's playing music for silent movies. Recordings are brand new. He's one of the right. first guitarists. One of the first guitarists recorded. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's one of the first commercial air flights introduced 1935. He flies. Yeah. Um, how, how often? How many times did he go to Europe? Uh, he was there. I think it was 34, and then he was he got there in I think December 34. He's there for most of 35. Wow. And then he leaves. But here's Do you know the how many concerts he played? Well, he played, yeah, he played for the, uh, the, I think it was the, he, he played in Belgium. He played in the Netherlands. He played in Paris. Wow. He played at the Royal Conservatory in Brussels. Have we known about for this the Royal for a family. while? Well, we didn't have proof. We, there's lots of rumors, but there's yeah. now there's proof. This there's like stuff is blowing wide open. But check this shit out. This the same in the same studios where Barrios. Well, actually, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> this is a mind blower. Um, remember what I said about Barrios is present at the. Yeah. Always at the creation of new sure. kind of media. Sure. What think about what's happening in Germany in 1935 for the first time. Uh-huh. In the same studios as German National Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just think about that. Mm-hmm. He's he's there for that. Oh my. Huh. What's the connection there? What I mean, was it just well, actually, circumstance? Actually, I'll tell you. You, if you search Nazi TV, there with these are the among the first television broadcasts. You'll see sure. a Nazi talking about foreign exchange musicians and what they do to them. Said we know what to do with them, don't we? Oh my we god! We send them off to concert camps where they can play for their supper. I'll send you a wow. link. Wow! Whoa! That's happening in the same. He was there at the pres at the when television is being created, and he's yeah. being referenced indirectly, not by name. Wow! I'll send you that link. It'll blow your mind. That he has to be talking about Barrios because Barrios plays for the second time, August uh, October eighth, nineteen thirty five. October twelfth, four days later, nineteen thirty five. Eugen Hadamovsky, head of German National Radio, and I told this to Clint, Clint Eastwood. I said, pardon my French, but I'm quoting a Nazi here. I said, please pardon my, my language, but these are these exact words. He plays on German National Radio. Oh, my And then gosh. four days later, head of German National Radio issues this edict, and he said, of course, in German, he goes, from this day forward, no more non-German music on German National Radio. No more Mr. Jazz mm. on German National Radio. And then that same day, Barrios and Salomone hightail out of the country immediately. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And another thing about Barrios, 
a common thread in his life. He's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. So where's the worst place to be traveling with a Jewish diplomat in the world? 1935. Yeah, right. Berlin. Yeah, that's that's a pretty yeah, that's, pretty pretty okay. place. Yeah. Now, where's the second worst place in Europe to be in 1935? Uh, yes. Italy. Wrong. Worse than that. <laughs> um, Madrid. Yes, Spanish Civil War is starting. <laughs> the Spanish freaking Civil War is starting, and that's where they go. Wow. They go there, and it's like, shit, man. We Europe is going crazy. And then Salomone and, and, and uh, Barrios, they part company. Barrios sales, him and his common-law wife. Uh, they, Gloria... They set sail, and then, then Tomas Salomoni goes elsewhere. Um, wow. Uh, Salomoni, was, was, was he from Paraguay as well? Uh, yes. That's okay. the funny thing. The, uh, so Barrios went to school at Salomoni. They were in the, kind of the same high school, high school, college kind sure. of thing. And then Barrios is in Mexico City playing a concert, 1934, doing his whole Mongeray bit, bare-chested in the loincloth, and he's at the Ateneo, Ateneo, which is the fancy, it's like the Metropolitan Opera House. Yeah. It's the fancy concert hall where ladies and gentlemen go out right. in tuxedos Black and dresses. Yeah. And here he comes, walking out, in great shape, like freaking Tarzan, like a brute. <laughs> and he comes, and again, he's been doing this shtick for like six years or something. Yeah. And he walks out to these disapproving murmurs, and he's like, he's used to it. This is how it goes. Right. There's right, like right. a guitar and some and some tropical plants set on stage. You know, and he walks out. You know, he's like looking at the audience, like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am a savage. So it's like he's like looking at them, like who are you? It's like like he's a real savage who's walked yeah. out of play, and he's like looking around on stage, and then he sees this odd object, you know, this guitar. He picks it up. He's kind of like, and then proceeds to yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> he picks it up and he kind of bland, kind of makes a sound, kind of surprises him, and he's like. Oh you're kind God. of playing on it roughly, and then he's just kind of morphing, playing, and then gradually until it morphs into like this, from this crude, harsh thing into this beautiful, right. tender, oh elegant gosh. thing, and he totally seduces the audience, and he does that freaking everywhere he goes, yeah. whether he's playing for common people in, you know, in shacks in Brazil or the concert halls in mexico city and meanwhile in the audience his friend from high school his acquaintance from 25 years ago who's now a diplomat at large for paraguay because paraguay is in a war with bolivia okay his buddy is trying to churn up international support for paraguay because it's probably going to get you know it's going to go into a quagmire and be solved by international arbitration that's what he's thinking. So he's on this kind of tour. Wow. <clears throat> and so he's seeing this. He's there with his wife. And Solomon is like, oh, my God, I know that guy. 
And his wife's like, I went to high school oh, with him. Oh, <laughs> like, I went to school with that guy. And she's like, no, you didn't. Oh, oh yes, I did. So, and then they reconnect backstage and he goes, you know, he goes, hey, travel with me. You're going to have to ditch this Mongeray bit. I'll give you a diplomatic passport. Oh, you know, man. I'm a forgettable diplomat. Right. But we'll travel. So he was like a like, cultural ambassador. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll be my you know, artist at large. We'll play for presidents and prime ministers and dictators. And Barrios and his wife, and they do it. They do it. So somewhere there has to be a travel record of that. Well, Freddie, Freddie Shepard, uh, well, there's three diaries that Barrios kept. Okay um for years you know they one of them has been digitized okay. it's it's in el salvador and freddie shepherd or carlos Paez, one of those freddie shepherd has just published that one okay so it's like pages and pages of autographs and some manuscripts and drawings a lot of the drawings of barrios that you know already are are in there oh wow. the okay. characters that people uh -huh. have drawn of him but there's two other autograph books. One of them, its its location is known. Um, there's a there's a letter from Igor Stravinsky to Barrios in that. What? They met. They met. Wow. It's in French. Wow. It's addressed to him. It's from Par Igor Stravinsky in Paris. Him congratulating him on his appreciation of all things Russian. Wow. And, and like I was, yeah, um, Carlos Salcedo found that because he got access to one of the, it's in private hands. Okay. But Carlos reads French. A lot of people didn't know that because they only read Spanish and English. But oh Carlos God. reads French also. <laughs> so he's like, he's like looking at this, he's like, Igor Stravinsky is like, oh, it's like he's the first one. I That's mean, tremendous. Stover, That's huge. Stover missed it. Stover saw that and he missed it. Oh, but wow. Carlos Salcedo. Saw, so that is huge. You thought, it's huge because you have the number one classical yeah, he composer. Was, he, he was the of guy. The 20th century congratulating yeah. you on your music. Yeah. Now Barrios is bigger than just the guitar world. Yeah. He's, wow. He's. He's legitimized, if he wasn't already, which he was, yeah. to the classical music world at large. That is nuts. So, yeah, it's freaking huge. It's huge. Oh my god. So anyway, so yeah, I talked to, I talked to Clint for a good, you know, a good while, you know, and he's listening, and I and I was and I was thinking, well, uh, and I told about, uh, uh, you know. I left him on a dramatic note, you know, uh, he had two heart attacks, but also Barrios had a brother that he used to travel with that acted as his manager, who he's really close to. Um, his, his, that little brother, he had two brothers, two brothers that committed suicide. Oh, good Lord. His little brother committed suicide with a knife. That was the one he was close to oh. while reciting a poem. Wow. Yeah. He caught his Francisco Martin. He was a poet. 
he uh, he went home, caught his wife involved with another man. Wow. In a rage. Uh, tried to kill the guy. He got away. Stabbed his wife. She lived. Oh. He stabbed her. She lived. He he ran out into the street, thinking he's just murdered his wife. Right. And then he starts screaming and he starts giving this this oration. Oh my! In the middle God. of the street, and starts stabbing himself, writing oh. himself up. Good God. Yeah, my, my friend Carlos Salcedo. This is the difference between like a third level barrio scholar like me and a first level right. barrio scholar. Like, I know that information. Right. Carlos Salcedo, he's got a copy of the police report. He can, right, he can recite you the poem. Right? <laughs> he, goes, yeah. he goes, I've got the police report copy right oh here. Oh my God. In my um, files. Wow. Yeah. So there's huge dramatic elements without making up shit. Right. Oh my gosh. Like just just tell it. Just tell what happened. That's fantastic. <laughs> so so what what's where 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 did it go? What's the story? Well, it's, well, I talked to him about it, and you know, it's like I feel like, you know, you know, he you know, he's listening to it intently. You know, and you know, and then I was, you know, and I told about the suicide thing and about Barrios's heart attack, and I was, was like, and I felt like I'm gonna leave it at that, you know, even though it's a, it's kind of ending on a downer. Clint doesn't seem to mind stories that end on a downer. No, down. I don't think so. <laughs> so it's like I know I got his, in the, but also I'm an intuitive person, and I, and I real, and at that moment he kind of looked down. And I was thinking, oh shit, he's thinking about his own mortality. And then I was thinking, well, it's been great talking to you. <laughs> nice to see you again. You know, have a good evening. You know, and then you know he, you know he, you know, extended his hand. You know, shook my hand, and yeah. you know, said good night. And when he had a young man is driving him, you know, and uh, that was it. So. It's like, anyway, I can't take it any higher than it's gone. Yeah. So uh, I, that's yeah. where it is at the moment. I can't do any more. Right. But do, you know if he, like, do you know if he's read the script? I don't know if he has or not. Yeah. Um, he's got it, right? I mean, he has he, it. He's ha he has it or had it. Right. I At this point, I'm hoping he has it because I think, man, <laughs> there's so much horse shit I would leave out of there. <laughs> also, there's stuff that's known that wasn't known right um in that version and i've updated i've i've done probably about gosh eight to ten rewrites wow and there's going to be another one there's going to be sure. a serious like i'm going to cut out a like lot an of overhaul stuff. yeah a lot of stuff from his childhood that's going to go wow because um you know you can. It's better to tell a story than try to tell someone's whole tell story. All the stories, yeah. You, know, you can. You can have something from someone's childhood, but you know, if it's semi-biographical or something, but yeah. you know. But also, he's an ultra realist, so it's like you you need to. For him, you would need to err on the side of realism. Sure. Like, like it's like, well, do you know this happened? Well, I don't know. It didn't happen. 
like grow and get rid of it. Right, right. So, so that's what I'm going to do on the next one, which like is get rid of a lot of stuff that we don't know for sure happened. We think it may have happened or could have because it helps fill out the story, but now it's going to like get rid of it. Sure. So, so the real question, are you going to play Barrios in the movie? Oh, hell no. <laughs> Actually, you know who, you know who I think is going to play him? And it's Annie's idea. I'll send you a photo and you can see them both side by side. Well, I'll, 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 uh, I'll text it to you since now I got your, your phone number. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, if I can think of, I'm, I'm not really huge on movie culture anyway, but I'm trying to think of, if I can think of any actors I know that kind of look like, like Barrios. Uh, let's see. We'll have to figure this out later. Anyway, <laughs> but, uh, Javier Bardem looks amazingly like, oh my gosh. Face. Yeah, I can the, see that. The furrow thing. On, he's like uh -huh. a better looking Barrios. <laughs> yeah. Except Barrios had plastic surgery and had his lips thinned. Really? Yeah. Because you look at photos of him. Pre to make himself look more European? I think so. I think it's make himself look more European. And also, he would, I think he felt self-conscious self -conscious because he had yeah. kind of full lips. He used to have a big bushy mustache. To cover, yeah. And then later after 1926, he's got this real thin upper lip. Weird. But you look at like Carlos Gardel, the big yeah. Argentine movie actors who he would have not, who he met. Sure. They're all these, these guys with these like thin-lipped yeah. you know, Europeans. I think he was, he was trying to make him, he was trying to fit into the European classical oh, scene in gosh. Buenos Aires. Wasn't working. Oh. And uh, so when he it's funny when he tried to fit in, he was a failure. When he tried to stand out, he was a success. Right, and he just embraced his different differentness. Yeah. Is that a word? Different. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I am Mangare. I right. am Mangare. Yeah. Amazing. So, wow, Tony, I've gotten more than I bargained for here, buddy. Sorry if this is like long and boring. <laughs> I'm, I'm, th I'm thinking I'm gonna, I'm thinking uh, you got, you might have two episodes already, but. I want to get you back on another one because oh sure sure you you have great stories and you're you're fantastic. Oh man, I got I have, anyway. I have some I have some I have a hilarious one about Sir Malcolm Arnold up to tell one time. Yeah, I'm getting you back. <laughs> but it's it's I don't know in this climate it may be politically insensitive. It's his ex, extremely extremely flamboyantly gay and very flirtatious. Uh, fantastic he was like pinching my butt and oh my god who, who totally who totally uh restaurant dived on me oh <laughs> <laughs> oh i think i think we definitely are leaving it at that that's fantastic yeah. man oh my god thank you so much for your oh, yeah. time you. and, and you, your Carl. stories and yeah yeah like i mean this is perfect this is exactly i mean the whole idea behind the podcast i mean is that I think about all the times I've hung out with folks like after concerts or, you know, at conventions or stuff, you know, and people that, that you know, I, I see like once a decade or whatever. And, and yeah. 
hey, let's go have a beer and sit into the bar and all the things that I've learned and all the great stories that I've heard. Right, laughs, right. I mean, that's the Isn't whole idea of this. Yeah. You know, it's like when I when I go to these thing guitar concerts, it's like I feel like it, I'm listening to a concert. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, right. Is it time for the fun yet? <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, that was the Alamon. Here comes the Karat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we got a Saraband, an optional, and a Jeep to go. And then, we got the, and then we got this stupid ass, whatever, modern piece. <laughs> and then, then we can all go out and have fun. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah. that's that's the idea, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks, Carl. It's been a blast, and good to see you again. Glad to see you too. Well, yeah, and uh, we got to do an update. We got to do an interview so I can ask you about your CD because I haven't absolutely. Been to, I haven't been to the radio station yet recently to pick it up. So <laughs> it's if it's it's in quarantine or whatever. <laughs> well, hopefully like it's clean. Feet, they'll let, they'll let, but although they supposedly Texas is opening up supposedly, but Austin there, there there's a war between the Austin governor, uh, the Austin mayor, and the Texas governor. The governor says open it up, and the, right. Austin, the governor and the mayor says no, no, no. We need to be like this for the next ten years. <laughs> well, ho hopefully we'll all get vaccinated, and the vaccination the vaccination will work, and we can like stop being ridiculous yeah did you have did you do you have you had the vaccine or covid or any of that I'm, I'm scheduled to get the vaccine on thursday um i got sick in december and it was it was kind of mysterious like i i, I had a little bit of a like a scratchy throat one morning mm-hmm and had a fever like not a high fever it was like 99 which you know still a fever yeah yeah, cool. and and I had it for like half a day and yeah, yeah. kind of felt bad, stayed in bed. And then I was I was just tired and funky for a few days after that. Yeah. You know? And I, I talked to my doctor and and she said, hey, just stay home. If your sim symptoms worsen, we can talk about testing and they never worsened. So yeah. I never got tested. And then I know I could get the antibody test now, but like I'm getting the shot on Thursday. So you know who knows yeah. but I, I i i'm pretty confident that if i did have it i didn't pass it along to anybody so i feel yeah. good about that and i and i've i've been careful about going out and stuff so i mean if i if i got it it's probably i yeah. either got it at the gym um i probably got it at the gym if i got it so I yeah mean, it's, you know but so it you know oh, it's so it's, you're, a, it's, you're, a, it's a weird you're thing pretty healthy yeah yeah i'm pretty sure i got it in january why well, I know I was exposed to it. I was actually in a, yeah. in a, in a truck sealed up with, with three people that they definitely had it. We found out oh, later. There you go. So, and then I, I, uh, yeah, it's like you, I, I felt, I felt kind of crappy for about a half a day. And then I was, yeah. then it was like, I, uh, you know, it's like I started feeling bad and then the next morning I still felt kind of crappy. And then by noon, you know, it's like, I ate, I ate yeah. some, some food and I was like, no, oh, I feel all right, but yeah, I felt kind of crappy for about a half a day, and then it was over. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty the, sure the, I had the, it. The, the the fatigue lingered for for several days after, you know, but yeah. it was just like I just felt sleepy all the time, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's what a 
what a strange year, you know, I just, yeah. it, there were well, so many things that were supposed to happen for me last year that didn't. And mm -hmm. it was just like one of those, well, okay, well, I guess I'll, I'll focus on making them happen next year or what, yeah. I don't know. So it's right, like, you right. know, what do you, you got to roll with it, you know? That's I, right. You got to go, go on to the next thing. All of uh, all, you know, I, look, who would have ever guessed that this was, I mean, I would, I, I couldn't have imagined this. You know, if, if somebody said, I want to take a couple of days and think about just just the most bizarre thing that you think is going to happen in your life over the next 10 years, I would have never come up with this. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much teaching you're doing, but I have exactly me, the, one student now. The online teaching is just it's 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 really painful. I mean, it's it's yeah. weird because on one hand, I feel like really fortunate that I've been able to continue to work. That's great. Right. My students have been extremely generous. Um, you know, it, awesome. They've been great. But like yeah. listening to people play this way, right. you know, even 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 the students that I have that have the best audio connection, it's just it, you can't hear anything. You can't hear what you need to hear. And and yeah, the whole thing of like third third line down second yeah. measure the second half of the fourth beat where it's a c sharp what you know i mean that where is you like if you're sitting in a lesson right sitting in a lesson somebody circling a note and saying you know oh so everything's like three times as slow as it needs to be yeah. which is for yeah. me very frustrating i don't i don't do well with with patience um so you know it's it's been it's been a lot of that and yeah and honestly, I was um, I was probably drinking more wine out of my coffee cup than I should have when it all started. <laughs> you know, yes, I'm drinking. This is water, by the way. I, I was drinking. Yeah, yeah, sure it is. Sure it is. But you know, it was just it was it was it was it was grueling. You know, it still is. It still is. You know, and and it, it makes me sad because I look forward to teaching usually, yeah. and and this has made me like not look forward to teaching. It makes it tedious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm only down and to exhausting. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, three hours of that is is like six hours of regular teaching, you know? Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, if I was still teaching like I used to, but yeah, yeah fortunately, I'm kind of doing other things and I make my own schedule. So yeah. now I actually have the time so like to finish stuff. And so, but yeah, I really feel like I do dodged a bullet. But, yeah. you know, the I think one thing good think about this zoom thing is like i've been doing interviews for like the radio show by zoom and right instead of waiting for people to come to through town or or that kind of thing and now i can have like a video talking to people yeah now, yeah, yeah which is a great so you thing. were doing you were doing all your interviews in person most of them i would do Holy i would say shit. about i would say about half of them in person half of them by audio sync you know we're on the phone okay. but yeah. they're simultaneously speaking into a microphone then they'll email me the sound right. file, you know. But they still have to go to a, a, a radio station for that, right? Or if they have home recording gear and they oh, know okay. how to record, which most people do now. So right, yeah. But now it's huh. like with Zoom, it's like, hey, we'll just we'll do it at this time. So yeah. So now that's that's pretty easy. So great. Which that's well, that's pretty cool. All right, senior. Well, enjoyed it. Thanks for thank you me. so much. We'll yeah, we'll definitely fun. do it again. All right. <laughs> Take well, care, Tony. You. Yeah, good to see you, Carl. Bye. Bye now. This is Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes 
please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook.